Syed Hussan is with us, Executive Director of Migrant Workers Alliance for Change. Thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you for having me. There are actions across Canada beginning this weekend on Sunday, rallies. And I think sometimes Canadians don't understand or see the issue of undocumented migrants through the American media and they don't realize that we have big issues here in Canada. Can you give us a sense of how many people we're talking about in the language that we need to use when we're talking about the immigration rules and how many undocumented migrants that we have in this country? Yeah, I think um, because you brought up the American thing, I just want to sort of separate the two, right? So the difference between Canada and the United States is geography. In the U.S., a lot of people walk across the U.S.-Mexico border and enter the country uh, without immigration papers. Some of them then apply for refugee status, etc. In Canada, the vast majority of people who enter the country, the overwhelming majority are people on some sort of a temporary permit. This can be a work permit, a study permit, a refugee claimant, etc. Each year, Canada issues 1.2 million temporary permits. Just to give you a sense, there's only about 400,000 actual permanent residents or immigrants. So three times as many temporary permits issued each year. Now, many people, uh, most of these people have no way to get permanent residency. And most of them have these non-renewable permits. At some point, they are faced with a choice, either renew, either leave the country or stay uh, and if you stay here on an expired permit of some sort, then you become undocumented, which is you had documents and now you're undocumented. The issue with this, of course, is that um, many people can't leave because they have, they're fleeing war or discrimination or climate catastrophe or lack of economic opportunities. Or on the other hand, they've formed attachments here, communities here, friends here, relationships here. And so people stay undocumented and then they are facing, you know, immense amount of exploitation, abuse, uh, exclusion from basic rights and services, uh, being, you know, exploited at work by landlords, not being able to get healthcare separated from their families, uh, which is just an extension of how the temporary immigration system works. Because as we know, uh, people who are in temporary permits also don't have any of these rights, and so. Right now, uh, the most conservative estimate is that there are at least half a million people in the country without any uh, immigration papers who are undocumented. And 1.2 million, as I said, temporary permits. And all there's 1.7 million migrants, uh, which comes down to 1 in 23 people. And in places like Vancouver, Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, etc., it's actually much higher. So people estimate that 1 in 10 people don't have permanent residency in these large urban centres. Uh, and so half a million documented people living without basic rights uh, that most of us enjoy. And what happens if someone who is undocumented mm-hmm. uh, becomes uh, in trouble, if you will, with somebody who is an official that has that right or holds their survival in this country in their hands, are, are we seeing a movement to deport or, or are we looking the other way? Because so often in this country, I've found over the years that um, we don't deal with our problems. We ignore our problems, hoping that they will go away. 
And as you so succinctly presented, we've got a big problem that government has to start dealing with. And I'm just wondering if right now we're just hoping it goes away without really dealing with the issue. I mean, there's about 25 to 30 deportations a day in Canada, more than 10,000 a year, uh, where people are physically being forced onto planes and sent out of the country. Uh, and this is happening, you know, every day, out of every airport okay. in the country. Also, hundreds and hundreds of people, actually thousands of people are in prisons awaiting deportation, uh, including children uh, separated from their families, like in the U.S. So... This is an issue of massive criminalization. I mean, people are... And it doesn't get a lot of play, does it? It really does not get a a lot of attention in this country, does it? I think the issue is that, you know, people are... It is profitable to have a huge percentage of the country have without rights because then you can pay them lower uh, all of these people pay taxes. They pay HST. They pay, uh, you know, property taxes through their rent. Mm-hmm. They all work because they don't have any social supports. And it's profitable to keep a huge amount of the country as underclass citizens ready to be exploited. And so it's allowed. But right now we have a historic opportunity. Prime Minister Trudeau has finally decided to uh, create what is called a regularization program which is a completely unnecessarily complicated word, but it simply means that people without immigration papers who already live here, who already have work here, who already have communities here, uh, they can be brought back into the family of rights, which is to say that they can be given permanent resident status. So the question now is how many of these people uh, will be given permanent resident status? And so what we're saying is we need to include everybody Equality is equality. If you exclude, if there are exclusions, that's discrimination. You know, we learned this through COVID-19. If unless everyone is protected, all of us are impacted. We need to create a single tier society, and that means full and permanent immigration status for everyone. So that's why this current parliament has the opportunity to correct this historic wrong and ensure equal rights for every person in the country. Is this a one-time amnesty program or is it a permanent path to a better way of doing it? There's sort of different steps, right? So people who are undocumented uh, can be regularized. If we regularize everyone, then that part is complete. Then the other issue is people who are temporary permits who at one point might have to choose to continue to live here undocumented. So if they are also given permanent resident status, then we need to talk about why it is that suddenly, without any oversight, without anyone actually accepting it, Canada has effectively turned into a revolving door immigration system and basically a temp agency where migrants are brought in from different countries around the world to pay really high tuition fees or to pay really high healthcare costs uh, and to work here in low-wage jobs and then eventually be forced to leave. And we have to have an entire overhaul of the immigration system. Look, just 20 years ago, there were 60,000 work permits issued in the country. It's not, it's not great, but it's not that many. Last year, that number was closer to 600,000. Right? We have seen this massive increase in temporary immigration. Uh, at the same time, we're seeing you know, refugees, for example. 40% of refugee claimants inside Canada are rejected. We're seeing these 
then hundreds of thousands of people coming on so-called as international students, but most of them are working. They're literally having to work and to pay to be here with a hope and a promise of permanent residence at the end. Uh, and this this has been this um, turn towards permanent temporariness that needs to be stopped. So it's a series of policy measures. So that includes regularization of undocumented people, permanent status for those who are here, etc. We'll talk about the rallies and what's going to happen this weekend at 12 spots across the country and the path towards this. But it's interesting, we, in our last half hour, spoke with a representative of Restaurants Canada who was saying, we need more workers. And I'm somehow, during our conversation here and your descriptions, I'm just saying and envisioning that there are so many relationships in this country. And I won't just, you know, say restaurants, a, a lot of different fields that that are probably using this and exploiting individuals that are undocumented to the mm-hmm. point where, to, you know, to the point now where you're, you're starting to see um, people that you're standing up for. Um, yeah, they might be making money, but boy, they're being exploited in so many areas. And as a nation, we're one quick to point our fingers at other places that do this. But what I'm hearing here is that it's happening in our own backyard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do we write? Um, like, <laughs> and, and I know there's a path here, and hopefully we do the right thing here. But what does it tell us about our society that we're tolerating this, that we've pretty well institutionalized this as as we have talked about it as a revolving door that really needs to be completely and totally overhauled? I think you want to start by asking, you know, who it is that really makes decisions in the country. And the answer is it's the super rich, right? I mean, Who's the richest person in this country? He's the person who happens to own a lot of supermarkets. What mm. do supermarkets do? They buy produce for cheap from farms and sell it for high to their customers, right? And then suddenly, that's why all the time you hear news about uh, farm workers and their exploitation. Similarly, if we think about what's happening with, say, long-term care or elderly care, you know, when, when there were all of these COVID outbreaks, a lot of people stopped working. Well, then who did they turn to? They turned to people who were refugees, people who were undocumented, people who were migrants to work in those centers. I mean, we have 4,000 members uh, in long-term care and elderly care who are refugees and undocumented people right now, just to give you a sense of the scale of people who are actually caring for our elderly in, and falling sick during the process. So whether we look at childcare, elderly care, whether we look at food and farms, you know, we think about any of the essential jobs uh, that our society needs, who's doing it? It's low-wage working class people. In many places, it's racialized working class people. Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking, that this is racialized in so many areas and so many places in this country. And and as a result, um, well... My response here is shame on us. But we have the opportunity to do something about it. 
I think everyone who is listening has the opportunity to do something about it, right? Like there are demonstrations in most cities across the country. Uh, we have our website, it's statusforall.ca. People can sign petitions, write to their decision makers. There are opportunities for each and every person who's listening, who's thinking, how is it that, you know, um, like just think about it this way. When you're undocumented, people are afraid to go. Actually, here, let me tell you another story. It's much closer, probably. Uh, in Vancouver, uh, in, in New Westminster, actually, last month or a couple of months ago, there was this undocumented mother who dropped off her child to school, a Canadian citizen, child born here. The mom did not have papers. And when she left the school, immigration enforcement was waiting outside and they grabbed her. And then they went in and through her got the kid and took them to prison. And then they called the dad and said, we have your wife and child. you got to come turn yourself in, in an effort to deport them. So they're literally waiting outside schools, picking up families. Uh, similarly, uh, this, has been hap- this has happened in BC a number of times where uh, immigration enforcement was going into hospitals and checking people. Uh, and who was there. And in some cases, hospitals were turning over this information to immigration enforcement. Similarly, um, you know, police might stop someone or even traffic, um, sorry, um, the transit police stop someone who hasn't paid their fare. They check their permits and they try to turn them over to immigration authorities. So if, so for many people, the simple act of going to drop off your child to school or getting life-saving health care or getting on transit can become a choice between being here or being torn away apart from your communities. So there is this consolidation of keeping people precarious and vulnerable. And so people are forced to um, work and live in even more hidden and dangerous conditions. And so what we're seeing right now is undocumented people are stepping out of the shadows. We are undocumented, but we're also unafraid. And that's why people are stepping out. And it's important for anyone who believes in basic equality, basic human rights, basic access to you know, life-saving medicine and education to say, these people already live here. Why are they being excluded from the rights any of us have? Because of a question of some, some papers? All right, let's give them papers. Let's get that over with. Because there's no real difference, right? Like it's just paperwork. And so that's what we're really um, doing, and everyone can join us. Now, Syed, I, I think you would respond to that by saying the procedures in place right now are not fair, and we have to right these wrongs in a permanent way. And that's the opportunity that the Trudeau government has now. How serious do you believe Ottawa is about dealing with this? Ottawa has, you know, said that they want to correct a historical wrong. Uh, I think Prime Minister Trudeau knows this is the right thing to do. In fact, the last major regularization program was in 1973, over 50 years ago almost. uh, And that was done by his father, who was then the Prime Minister. Uh, So I think there is a historical legacy that he has, um, he knows, he understands very well. The question, of course, is how many people, because it's so easy to make these uh, programs very small or exclusionary, and which is why it's important that everyone who is listening, you know, in Vancouver, for example, on Sunday, September 18th at 2.30 p.m. at Grandview Park to join uh, this action. 
uh, as well as, you know, the actions across the country that can be found, as I said, at statusforall.ca. I think, um, I believe that Prime Minister Trudeau will do the right thing uh, in that he will be, um, and that people across the country are joining us in this. He knows that most people actually believe and agree with him. Uh, uh, sorry, agree with us. 480 organizations across the country, almost Every labor organization, every civil society group has signed on to this position. And I want to just say, you know, regularization is a very common thing. Ireland just finished one, Ecuador is starting one. In the last 20 years, 23 out of the 26 countries in the European Union have had regularization programs. This is very common because what happens is many countries have broken immigration systems. And as a result, hundreds of thousands of people do become undocumented. So you've got a choice. You can continue to allow for their exploitation or bring them into the family of rights. Um, and it's, it, it makes economic sense even. I mean, just think about it. These Imagine if half a million people's employers who are employer them, who aren't currently paying CPP, EI, or any employer contributions, they're not paying any taxes. Well, if they had immigration status, it would mean that the first year, employers would pay at a minimum $1.1 billion with a B into the public uh, purse. So this is the right thing to do. Uh, This is the right time to do it. It is time to uh, ensure that everyone in the country has equal rights. And I think we have an opportunity. This parliament has an opportunity. So we're going to be out in the streets on September 18th with almost every mainstream organization in the country. And we're going to continue uh, in the months to follow to ensure that this happens Uh, properly, and that everyone is included. Syed Hussan, thank you so very much. Interesting conversation. We'll chat again. Thanks again. Thank you for having me. Take care.